The NBA's off-season fireworks are already exploding in every single direction as news from Brooklyn indicates the whole dang thing might be coming apart. What does it mean for the Suns? Can they really do it? And you know what I mean by do it. We'll break it all down on today's episode of Locked on Suns. You are Locked on Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, contributor at suns.com and Dime Magazine, and a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past five seasons. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen today and every day. Off-season, as we're about to dive into, just getting started. Yesterday, I said that, I feel like, with the DeAndre Ayton news. Today, it is a new publication, a new reporter, and more explosive news. So hit subscribe, hit follow, wherever you're listening. And if you are finding us on YouTube, A big thank you. That is the best way to support the show. Hit that subscribe button down below and leave me a comment as well telling me, uh, I don't know if I want to hear from you guys because I have to admit defeat if this Brooklyn thing actually becomes a realistic partner in a trade for the Suns because I've been the one poo-pooing. Let's not do the superstar stuff. LeBron, Katie, it's not happening. Stop, stop, stop. Um, but you guys deserve a victory lap as well. Let me know if you think this is realistic, what we are going to get into today. I am not the type. Let me just say this before we get anywhere with any of this, with Christian Winfield's reporting at the New York Daily News regarding the Nets. I am not the type of person to do shows like this. I've been doing this podcast in various forms for almost five years. Is that right? Four years? four or five, been doing it solo for a year and a half. Um, I don't do shows on rumors. I don't do the, well, this trade, like I was the guy when the Chris Paul stuff was happening that I had a guest on this show tell me, hey, you know, maybe Chris Paul, sons, you never know. And I just, I, I, I blew him off. I said, no, look, we're not actually, we're not doing a segment on Chris Paul to the Suns. That's absurd. Are you kidding me? And then about a week later, it happened. So I am the last person on the uptake with this stuff. And even I, in one fell swoop today, feel pretty comfortable edging into the waters of this, of this potential, this possibility. So let's dive in. Christian Winfield at the New York Daily News reported this morning two big things in a piece on the Nets. He is a Nets beat writer for the paper. One is that the Nets are, quote, outright unwilling to give Kyrie Irving an extension this offseason. Kyrie Irving has a player option for next season, which he could exercise. He makes, I think it would be $39.3 million, or he could deny it and become a free agent, or... He could sign an extension, which for a player who, setting aside all of the off-court stuff, which we will get into a bit here, although Kyrie Irving is the the smaller fish in the pond in the Brooklyn pond right now, but I do think his part of this is is very much interconnected. He's a guy setting aside all that stuff that has dealt with injuries. He's also not young anymore. Um, So... The Suns, uh, the Nets being unwilling completely to sign him to a long-term extension is noteworthy. That would probably be Kyrie's first priority this offseason. Let me lock in long-term money. 
no matter where that is. So that sets the course for could Kyrie decline the option and try to become a free agent? Could he ask for a trade? We don't know, but not wanting to give him that extension is a big domino to fall. And then the other thing, the biggest thing, the major thing from Christian Winfield is that Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets have not spoken since the end of the season. Now, I am wearing my Cardinals t-shirt on the podcast for those of you on YouTube. I uh, we've been here before. We know how these things work with athletes at this point in time. It is no secret anymore. It is not a surprise, and it should not be a surprise that this stuff is starting here. This is what happens. Athletes, originally, this this is the game. They they stop talking. They get distant. They're they're like the 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 partner, the the boyfriend or the girlfriend that does not want to be with you and starts to stop asking you to go out, things like that. That is what NBA, moody NBA superstars do. It's definitely the blueprint at this point. And that's the first that we're hearing of it. So obviously a pretty big bombshell from a person who covers the Nets and has done so for several seasons now. So here's what I make of all of this. And then we'll get into the Suns part of it. From the Kyrie standpoint, of course Brooklyn doesn't want to commit to him long-term. The injury stuff... Same reason he wants the money and the long-term commitment is exactly the reason that they might be hesitant to do it. Um, Athletes who are perceived distractions also don't tend to stick around. He took time off after the insurrection at the Capitol last year. He took time off um, at various points for COVID reasons, for not getting the vaccine. Like He is a distraction. And especially when these guys are not healthy or they're not producing for their team, these guys don't stick around, even star-level ones. Uh, Terrell Owens, Chad Ochocinco, the the aging distraction, quote-unquote. I don't agree with that designation all the time, but I think it's fair to say about Kyrie. Those guys don't stick around. From the KD standpoint, it's, it's reasonable that if he doesn't feel good about Kyrie's ability to be there with him and, and be an elite player long-term, that he would start to get... A little bit squeamish. Brooklyn is a shell of itself. The roster is a shell of itself. When Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving signed there, the Nets had Karis LeVert, Jarrett Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie, Torian Prince, David Nwaba, all of these guys who are role players or better for their teams. And the Nets have nothing to show for that. I mean, obviously, a couple of those guys went out in the uh, James Harden trade, but well, what they have for James Harden. If Kyrie were to leave the team around Kevin Durant is Ben Simmons, Joe Harris, Seth Curry, and Nicholas Claxton, basically. If Kyrie leaves or the, you know, maybe they trade him, they get something back. That's a playoff team. It's not a title team. It's not the type of team that if you're Kevin Durant wanting to win another championship before your 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 prime, the, your late prime, your your really best years are over. That's not the type of roster you want around you. The last thing here to keep in mind that is impacting how other teams might see this, how the Nets might handle this, just a very pertinent detail in my opinion is Kevin Durant is owed $198 million over the next four seasons after he signed an extension last year. So he is making gobs of money. Um, just huge amounts of money. And that matters here, undoubtedly. Um, so so just, just to keep that in mind. 
Let's talk about what it means for the Suns. And that's the part that I'm still wrapping my mind around. I'm not exactly sure how much of it that I fully believe. But the more you start to look around, if Aiton... Uh, I'm uh, Freudian slipping there. If Durant were to become available, the Suns would be an obvious match. And, and that's obviously what you guys are chomping at the bit for. So let's do it without further ado. We'll just follow this rabbit hole wherever it takes us. First though, guys, today's show brought to you by Rock Auto. I just told you guys, I, I bought a new car. I am uh, really prioritizing first and foremost. I might be back on the market when things cool down. I bought a used car. I bought something to get me by. What I want more than anything else is just to not have to worry about maintenance because it's the worst part of owning a car for the most part is dealing with fixes and things like that because whether it's a mechanic shop, an auto parts store, a dealership, heaven forbid, uh, it just sucks to get nickel and dimed, to worry about what's in stock, how long are they going to need to keep my car, how long am I going to have to wait for this part, all of that vanishes with Rock Auto. They are a family business, they've been serving do-it-yourselfers online for over 20 years, and you save time and money when you use Rock Auto, that's the bottom line. Online inventory, you never have to worry about if it's going to be there or not, they have it for you, they're going to get it to you quickly, and you can save 30, 50, even 100% compared to that chain store or car dealership. They have everything you need. Look, as much as I'm praying and hoping that these things don't come to bite me, I know I live in Arizona. I know this thing's going to dry out and bend. This thing is going to, my air conditioning is going to go. Look, these things happen no matter how new the car is. And I know Rock Auto will be there for me. And they'll be there for you, for you too. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection of lively low prices and all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com We know what's up with the Nets now. Christian Winfield breaking what I'm sure is to be a story that much more is added to in the coming weeks and months. The offseason fireworks, as I said at the very top of all of this, are just starting to be set off. What does it mean for the Suns? Let's start here. The connections between Durant and the Suns are not zero, which is another reason I know Suns fans are already sort of Look, they're excited, and I think reasonably so. Here, here are just a few. I might even be forgetting a couple here and there. I don't know if, uh, for instance, I don't know if Kevin Durant and Mikhail Bridges know each other. I didn't throw that in here. But the big ones start with Monty Williams. Coached Kevin Durant in Oklahoma City after he fi was fired by the Pelicans. That was the assistant job that he took. Um, the assistant job he eventually left due to the passing of his wife, but... That was the job um, that he landed in. Very cushy gig and a place we know he really ingrained himself because he was able to meet um, a lot of the assistant coaches that he's gone on to hire. Mark Bryant, Darko Rajakovic, even um, Billy Donovan Jr. who was on staff in 2019-20. In it's a place that Monty learned a lot and, and grew. And Kevin Durant played for that team in case you forgot. Those guys know each other really well. There were clips going around of Kevin responding, reacting to Monty getting hired by the Suns and giving a lot of kind words. Those guys clearly know each other. Monty was also around Team USA at various points and got to be around KD at that time as well. We obviously also know that KD has repeatedly on both Bill Simmons' podcast several years ago as well as more recently on the uh, JJ Reddick's podcast said that Booker is one of his absolute favorite players in the NBA, favorite young talents 
and also just favorite players to watch. He loves his game. KD loves Booker's game. Um, I don't know, again, if anything, Kevin Durant and Chris Paul, I don't know if they have much of a relationship. They've had some pretty high-profile playoff battles, so most of it's, uh, most of the, if you Google those two names together, most of what comes up is like trash chalk, really, but I'm sure there's some competitive respect there. And also, I'm sure they could bond over being tired, absolutely exhausted by playing with James Harden. Um, I think at the end of the day, though, like Kevin Durant would be able to come to Phoenix no, he, he could be comfortable, have like-minded basketball kindred spirits around him, and win in Phoenix. I think that really is what matters. That's why I buy this possibility enough to do this dang episode for you guys. Now, could it work? And I think that is, uh, that is the big question. So, I have a trade that I think could make some sense, but there's a lot is really the bottom line. It's hard to find another bigger market, bigger being not bigger than Brooklyn, but biggish, big on the bigger side of the NBA overall, outside of Brooklyn, where Durant would be able to have all that stuff, somebody where he could be comfortable, where he could keep winning. Um, there are deals that work within the side and trade rules. There are also deals that work with Chris Paul, aside from DeAndre Ayton. So let me hit that first. Something like, Chris Paul, Cam Johnson, campaign, and some picks works if the Suns were willing to get rid of Chris Paul in this deal, which I don't think is the best option, but is an option, nevertheless. But let's, you know, the obvious moment you've all been waiting for is the sign-and-trade stuff. I saw questions about this even last week when I laid out the the basics of the Aiton situation overall. So I'm going to throw this up on YouTube, and I'm going to walk over it for, um, I'm going to walk over it for everybody in general. The sign and trade thing is difficult, but it's not impossible with this. Okay. That's the bottom line. I'm throwing it up here now. Kevin Durant to the Phoenix Suns coming back from Phoenix to Brooklyn DeAndre Ayton on a new four-year, 25% max contract, which is the best he could get as a restricted free agent. Cameron Johnson to the Brooklyn Nets. Landry Shamit to the Brooklyn Nets. Torrey Craig to the Brooklyn Nets. I think you're throwing in two or three first-round picks to Brooklyn in that deal if you're the Suns, but the good thing is, as soon as draft night comes around, the Suns are eligible to trade their 2023 pick. So they could trade their 2023 and 2025 and 2027 first round picks if they so choose. This is going to be, it's going to be a massive contract, a massive deal, a massive trade if this were to play out. I just, I can't express that enough. So while I'm willing to buy into it because there seems to be some iciness between Brooklyn and Durant, because Kyrie Irving is such a question mark, because James Harden is gone, because Ben Simmons is both hurt and has some mental health problems that he seems to still be working through in terms of his readiness to go out there and compete. All of that makes me buy this, but it's going to take an immense amount of stuff, okay? That, that, that's undeniable. So Aiton, Johnson, Shamit, Craig, and three first-round picks, that sounds like a lot. It is a lot. It might even be more. I mean, the thing you have to remember, too, is the Suns are trading for the next four seasons of Kevin Durant because of that extension. This is not 
let's get Kevin Durant one year before he becomes a free agent and try to convince him that he should stay here or something like that. This is, we're getting basically, if all things go according to plan and, and he's happy here and we keep winning, if you're the Suns, you're thinking we're getting Kevin Durant for the rest of his competitive years. If you're the Nets, you're thinking we're giving writ, we're, we're giving up for productive championship window years of Kevin Durant. I think he has a game that will that will translate well into, into his older age. He's not going to age like Carmelo Anthony or somebody like that because of his size, because he can shoot, and he can impact the game without having to expend so much energy. I mean, he's the smoothest, most natural athlete in the whole league. I think you could expect he would be able to age well, but both sides will know that. So... I don't think the Chris Paul thing is is all that smart. I don't think that's the direction I would go. I think I would lean Aiton. And the bottom line is, it could work. It could work. Will it happen? What should be the case? How will it all play out? I, I don't have those answers for you. But that's the optimistic why it could happen. Let me get to the throwing cold water, the pessimistic why it won't happen. Because I think we have to be balanced. We can't just get ourselves to... Uh, riled up about this. We are so early on in any sort of concrete evidence that this is possible, but let's do the other side, why it won't happen. First, today's show also brought to you by Truebill, the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't want, you definitely don't need, or maybe even just flat out forgot about. Companies love to renew after your free trial or even just renew after like an annual subscription without even telling you, without asking you, without confirming. They love to pocket your money. But Truebill can help you take back the reins. On average, people save up to $720 per year with Truebill. Truebill makes it incredibly simple to cancel those subscriptions that companies love to make difficult. It'll remind you, hey, this this date's coming up. This one's about to be renewed. Do you want it? Do you not want it? Let me know. Or it'll even keep track of it for you. You don't have to go in and do it yourself. It'll say, hey, again, we have these these ones that need to be on your radar. I know you've, you've got work. You've got a million things, but I'm Truebill. And I've kept track, and I want to know if you want to save this. Truebill has over 2 million users who have saved over $100 million combined. So don't fall for subscription scams. Join those folks and start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. That's Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands per year. So I talked about why I think this KD thing could really happen, why it's something to be taken seriously. Here's the opposite. Brooklyn, understandably, I think this is the, the first and foremost thing that, that will be going through the Nets front office's mind that I'm sure Nets fans are panicked about right now is it's really difficult to imagine bailing on this entire experiment after three years, okay? They just got KD and Kyrie in 2019. They just traded for, for James Harden in 2021, uh, late 2020 actually. The Nets have all the leverage also. Kevin Durant is under contract for the next four seasons. They just got an extension. They don't have to play ball in precisely the way that Durant wants them to. Maybe on the Kyrie side of things, he accepts his player offer. Maybe he and KD meet, talk it out, and decide, hey, the vaccine thing won't play as big of a role anymore. I'm allowed to play home games again. The virus, we already know Kyrie just got it in the spring. Let's just 
move on. You know, it's, it's not going to be a factor. I'm going to be engaged. I'll do my best to come in ready to go and play. I need to earn a new contract. So I'm, I'm incentivized to go out there and be at my best and try to lock up that long-term money. Let's go out and try one more time together. The supporting cast is fine. With both of us healthy and playing well, we can still win a title. If Ben's, if Ben's good, if, if Joe Harris is back, if Seth Curry is healthy again, we can, we can go out and really do some damage, get some extra talent around us, and, and, and roll the ball out again. That's one option. Maybe Kyrie accepts the play, player offer, uh, the player option, and Brooklyn finds a new landing spot for him. Maybe, maybe they get rid of his, you know, his this the, him on this last year of this deal, and they're able to get something back, a couple role players, something like that, a couple picks maybe to get some younger talent. And they say, hey, KD, we're gonna build around, you know, a re- a really good supporting cast, and then you as the superstar, and we'll see what we can do. I don't know how appealing that is, but it's not impossible to imagine that if Ben is if Ben is good and they get some role players back for Kyrie and they see what they can do, that that's not an awful option. On the trade side, if the if the Nets do decide, hey, okay, Kyrie, we there's nothing left to do there. He declined his player option. He wants to go be a free agent. We're not going to make up a big offer. We got to just trade Kevin because holding on to, to, to just keeping Kevin with, with this little talent isn't, isn't going to work. We, we can't build the team around Ben Simmons. We need to get something back for Kevin and Aiton is appealing or whatever. That might be true, but I don't actually think the Suns have the best package. So that's another reason to be skeptical here. Okay. As just one example, I don't think, I think the, the Hawks. Just to throw something out, this was just me understanding that Kevin will want to be, KD will want to be in a bigger market, all things considered, and a place where he can continue to win, and a place where he has you know other star level talent around. The Hawks, Trey Young, we know they have a relationship. We know the Hawks have a pretty good supporting cast. They could offer John Collins, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and Anyeka Kongwu plus picks. I feel like that's probably a better offer than what the Suns have. It doesn't have that premier talent like Aiton, but if you throw more picks in there, and it doesn't even have to be those three guys. The Hawks have a lot of different possibilities with Collins as sort of that centerpiece. Maybe that appeals to them. Maybe they feel like they do want to try to make this work with Ben Simmons, and John Collins fits better next to Simmons than Aiton does. I don't think Simmons and Aiton are a great fit together. So the Suns might not be the package that is most appealing to the Nets. That's a, that's a perfectly reasonable possibility for where this goes if they do get all the way to the point of wanting to trade Kevin. Atlanta, for example, um, as I said, could be an example of why you don't want to do that to get back to the Suns, okay? Because all those three players that I just listed are pretty darn young, just like the Suns would be. The Suns might balk at giving up that young talent for an injury-prone 33-year-old, just like the Hawks might, just like the Nets might. That might be something that would spur the Nets to want to get rid of Kevin at this point. I don't know why I keep calling him by his first name like we hang out. KD, Durant, whatever. The Suns might not want to do that, especially if they're keeping Chris Paul. You're, you're getting, you know, at that point, two of your three best players are going to be a combined 70 years old. That's not a great way to win a championship. That's not a great way to build for your future. 
Maybe the Suns just aren't interested in that. Maybe they would pre- prefer to pursue other options. I don't know if I quite buy that. I think you go all in if you have a top 10, top 15 ever in the league type of player available to you, but maybe. I also think the other part of this that's just, just going to be on my mind no matter what comes along for the Suns, no matter what reporting we hear, even down to the Suns retaining their own players and the Aiton situation and the Chris Paul situation, Cam Johnson's extension, all of it, is we don't know what the heck's going on with the owner and this investigation. So that's another part hanging over all of this is whatever Sarver thinks or whatever James Jones thinks is, is, is possible and realistic based on the current setup might be completely blown up when a new owner takes over. I don't know. I don't know if that happens. I don't know if a new owner takes over at all. Maybe the Suns get fined or sanctioned in some way and they get draft picks taken away or something. I, I don't know. This whole thing could change in an instant with, with Robert Sarver and the investigation. At the end of the day, we're still in the earliest possible stages of all of this, but the Suns have set themselves up to take to have cap flexibility, tradable contracts, and lots of draft picks going forward to make deals like this and com- continue to build and continue to compete at the top of the NBA. It also very much feels like KD is sending signals that he could be available. The place that I land ultimately right now is Brooklyn needs to play ball, and we have no evidence that they're giving up on any of this stuff. The Kyrie thing, they don't seem sold on. Perfectly understandable point of view to have. But Katie and Kyrie both leaving is like everyone gets fired type of stuff. Marks, the general manager, gone. Steve Nash, head coach, gone. Completing, completely starting from scratch with Aiton and Ben Simmons or whatever they get for Ben Simmons is not something you accept easily when you currently have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and you just had James Harden on your team. They were supposed to compete for championships for years and years in a row. You don't just say goodbye to that possibility to get DeAndre Ayton and Cam Johnson and some picks. You do that if you're desperate. You do that if there's no other option, but you don't just accept that and move forward (laughs) willingly, basically. That's the biggest thing that needs to change before I take a Suns trade for Kevin Durant, which still just sounds like a crazy thing to say. Seriously, I can't take it seriously until I know that the Nets are actually considering something as crazy as this. There's my two cents. I hope I was balanced there. I hope that you guys uh, don't drink the Kool-Aid too much. We just have to hear more before this is, is legit, guys. I think it's something to keep an eye on. I think it's something that's reasonable. I don't think it's something that's that's a guarantee or anywhere near it. Talk to Aaron Edwards tomorrow about all of this, about another Aiton trade, Indiana. I want to talk to, to Aaron about Indiana because he seems to be pretty optimistic about that one. Plus, I just want to go back to having some fun with Aaron every week, do some fun segments, goof around. We're not going anywhere. There's so much to talk about in this NBA offseason for the Suns and for other teams as we've already seen. So hit subscribe, hit follow wherever you're listening or watching. We'll be with you every step of the way. Now go make Locked On NBA your second listen to catch up on what happened in East Finals Game 5, which I'm about to go turn on. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.